You're on the bridge, surrounded by blown fuses, dead crew, the sound of leaking dilithium crystals, and a laughing ship captain on the comm, just sitting on the monitor screen. You pose heroically and issue your last order. Space combat can sometimes be insufferable in role-playing games. But tonight, we're going to show you how to make it fast-paced, interesting, and thematic. That's how we roll. 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 Welcome to the Goblin's Corner. My name is Eric. And I'm Matt. And tonight, we're going to be talking about ship combat. Yes, starship combat, the most insufferable of types of combat, as Matt has mentioned previously and wanted to dramatically pause like Captain Kirk I really did. several I, times. I, I, the urge. <laughs> Starship combat. These combats are irritating to me. Some reason why. So tonight we're going to talk about the different types of combat in a sci-fi game. Starfinder 2, by the way, which Indeed. is sci-fi fantasy. Yeah. And We'll show you the different various types, maybe some ways to get Starship Combat more interesting for your players as well. But before we get to any of that, hit that like and subscribe button. Help get our show out to more people and get notified when more awesome episodes come your way. Indeed, we'd really appreciate it. And if you're listening to the show, if you could give us a review on iTunes or Podchaser or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Yeah, those just happen to be the ones that you can review. Ah. There we go. But you can review other ones, too. If there's other places that I don't know about, sure. send them our way. Yeah, review them all. Be great. All of them. Yes. Everywhere. All of them. So what's different, Matt, about Starship Combat than, say, regular combat in a D&D game or in any other game? In most games, objects are not moving at incredible speeds in a hard vacuum. Fair enough. Yeah, you're not moving at relativistic speeds. So, so there's definitely that. Ships can be gigantic. Yes. You could have a small little cruiser, like in Star Wars. Or you or, could have someone going, that's no moon. Ah, very true. Yes, absolutely. Potentially, there's lots of actions happening all at once. Actions in terms of objects moving around, actions in terms of ships in combat moving around, and of course, all the people on the ships moving around. And in some cases, so many people. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's so it's, many. It's crazy. Lots of sci-fi weapons, speaking of crazy, can be crazy deadly. Indeed. And if the ship explodes, you're fucked. Yeah. Realistically. That's, that's pretty much it. You're in a hard vacuum. There's nothing but a uh, horrible atmosphere or lack thereof out to kill you or freeze you to death. Yeah. You're fucked. Yep. That's how it works. Distance involves are often enormous. So we're talking mile, million miles, trillions of miles, light years. Right. In terms of space combat. You could literally be on the other side of the system and be shooting at people. Indeed. And it happens in some of these games. The good news is, for the most part, you don't have to worry about terrain very much. Fair enough. Yeah. You might have to worry about like cosmic phenomena occasionally, but generally speaking, no terrain. Yeah. And in terms of any terrain that you would speak of, it's probably the terrain of the ship you're on. Yeah. And of course, space is intrinsically out to kill you. Yes. In addition to the hard vacuum, there's stellar phenomena. There's all sorts of horrible radiation. There's asteroids, micrometeors, and such. And it's said that nature abhors a vacuum, but vacuums abhor nature also. I would agree with that as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's talk a little bit about 
the different combat styles that we have in some of the games. Now, this isn't an exhaustive list. These are just some that I've collected together. And there's what, four or five of these different types. Sure. But these kind of allow you to understand, if you've never played a sci-fi game, by the way, like Travelers or The Expanse or Star Wars, Star Trek, Starfinder, a lot of star games. Firefly. Firefly as well, yeah. They have some combat in that. But these games all have typical types of starship combat. And the first one is the ship and ship combat. What do we mean by that, Matt? Ship and ship combat is a hard sci-fi combat, right? The ships act at the same time. The crews act at the same times. Rounds are often way longer than individual combat. It's not like the standard six seconds of a round in D&D. Right. Distance and initiative is relative since we're talking about crazy distances and super fast weapons. Lasers literally travel at the speed of light. They, in fact, do travel at the speed of light. Yes. Yeah, so what we're talking about here with the ship and ship combat is everything's going on at once because it doesn't really matter in the combat whether or not I go first versus the dude on the enemy ship. Right. Because they're all shooting at each other and it's going to hit regardless because as soon as I see it, I'm hit. Right. And so at that point, it's more of a thematic battle than a, I move my ship here and position this one here. Right. Now, we also have the ship and crew combat. And this is kind of like the Star Trek style where you're sitting on the bridge and you've got a bunch of ships and you're giving orders. In this case, it's a little different than that. The ships all act at the same time often. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always happen, but usually they all act at the same time. But the crew act in their own turns at the same time. Right. So it's slightly different. So instead of the crew and the ships all acting at once, you have like a ship turn and a crew turn. Right. But the crew all, it doesn't matter, again, whether I'm in engineering or I'm at, up on the captain at the bridge giving orders, they all act as one turn. Once again, weapons tend to be light speed, and so initiative isn't so much of a thing. Right. And ships have their own actions or are tied to a specific character, like the captain or the navigator. Yeah, and again, depends on the game. We're sure. not getting any of the specifics, but it's usually like like a pilot or a navigator might make the same action as a ship, or the ship, if that's an AI, or if it's just the way it's built, it takes its own action, and you get modifiers to that. Absolutely. Now we've come to slightly more actions for the player characters, which is ship or crew combat. What what are we talking about with that? The ships act on their own initiatives. Okay. And the crew can either all act at the same time or can have individual initiatives. And again, that depends on the game. So now you've got a ship turn and a crew turn, similar to the one before, but this time it's a little bit more complex. You could do a little bit more things. Ships often have their own actions, but they can also be tied to a specific character as well. Right. Just like before. So this is, um, I'm trying to think of something that might apply to this style of combat. More of a smaller ship combat, I think. So you might be like the Firefly type style. Gotcha. Yeah. That makes sense. And then finally, the smallest in terms of size is the ship is crew combat. And that's generally like dogfighting. So I'm piloting a ship. So Star Wars wing versus TIE fighter. Exactly. Yeah. So that, and that's a great example of that because the ship's actions are the pilot's actions, because if I'm turning the ship, guess what? That's my action. I can't do anything else. I'm piloting the damn ship. I'm not plugging numbers in. I'm literally 
dodging right. asteroids and space worms. Yeah, you're not going to jump into hyperspace, but you can pilot and shoot. Yes. Now, that character could also be an AI, yeah, which is also fine. And then crew members, other crew members, like if I'm in the Millennium Falcon, then I could do other ship actions on my turn. So maybe I'm firing the main weapon while Han's flying around asking about the odds. Chewie's bashing the navigation computer so that they can make the jump into hyperspace. Of course he is. That's how Wookiees fix things. So we've got a couple of options here in terms of our combat style. What are some things you can do in terms of actions? Well, I think the first one is ship actions, right? You can pilot the ship, either move or maneuver, Mm -hmm. do stunts, evasions, flip and burn, barrel roll like in Star Fox. Oh, man. Yeah, I used to do barrel all the time in Star Fox. That was fun. You could cloak if you have cloaking ability. Absolutely. Of course, you can attack, which is pretty standard. I'm going to shoot something. It it will help you win the combat at some point. At some point. (laughs) Do defensive actions. What do we mean by that? Either putting your shields up or, you know, regenerating shields if that happens to be a mechanic you've got. Maybe anti-missile aircraft or anti-missile rockets. Yeah. You can always ram them. Yeah. Actually rush into them. Now, if you're moving at relativistic speeds, that might not be a good idea. But if you're moving at what we consider to be narrative speeds, then that would be fine. And of course, you can always escape or warp out. Bloop. I'm out. Combat's pretty simple, really, when you get down to it, right? Now, those are like what I consider to be ship actions. And sometimes those are governed by the players, again, depending upon the style. Sure. But you can also do individual actions. And I've got these grouped into two. So we've got Player actions by rank versus just rando player actions anybody does. Right. So talk to me about some actions by rank, Matt. What does the captain tend to do? Obviously, they can command the crew. They can inspire the crew. Mm. Or they could mock the enemy crew. Or the actual crew. Yeah. Although if you have a captain that's mocking the crew, then you might want to get a new captain. (laughs) Especially in the middle of combat. Yeah. (laughs) Look at those pants you have. What? Why is he mocking me like that? Be kind of funny. Who wears Argyle socks in space, you weirdo? I'm going to sit here with my fine body-hugging velour. Fair. Yeah, could be. Get have a science officer, some kind of research rank, right? Scan for stuff. You could find weak spots in the armor or weak spots in uh, maybe the navigation computer on the enemy ship. Weak spots in the missiles or, I don't know, weak spots in whatever, right? Yep. Speaking of weapon systems... Well, you're going to have your gunners. Right? They're going to do things like lock on targets, rearm weaponry, increase power, use targeting systems, and of course, you know, actually shoot. Shoot the weapons? Yes. Yeah. Now that, that helps a lot as well. You could have somebody manning the comm, right? It could be jamming the comm or uh, doing electronic countermeasures, ECM. You could call somebody up. You could actually call people. Sure. Hailing frequencies. You could fake a communication. That would be fun. Or... Send some sort of ship signal. Maybe cloak your signal from enemy ships. Absolutely. Or, and another thing, when we talk about faking signals, maybe appear not to be a warship, but appear to be some other type of vessel. Or send out some beacon so that it appears as if there's a second ship out there. Oh, yeah. That they the can't decoy. see. Yep. Sure. And here's the thing. A lot of times, unless depending upon the game you're playing... If you're super far away, you're not going to see anything. Yeah. You're in the black. It's nothing. You might see a dot, 
And so how do you know what kind of ship it is unless you've got some kind of you know telescope aimed at it? And so that communication frequency says a lot. Absolutely. Finally, you've got an engineer. What do engineers do? They fix stuff. Absolutely. Things are going to break. They're going to do things like uh, power up the shields or the engines, overclock weapons. Overpower weapons as well. Yeah. They can do a lot of different things. They're going to talk in a Scottish accent, depending (laughs) upon the game you're playing. (laughs) Almost certainly. And then we come to the player actions, which I consider to just be any player can do. So any player, depending upon rank or whatnot, can assist with any of the following things we just said. Right. You can easily have any other player man the weapons or try to man the comm or order people about. They can even try and do engineering stuff. Sure. They may not be good at it, but they can try. They can try. They could board a ship. That's always fun. And boarding parties, we'll talk about that in a minute, is always a delight in, in starship combat. Absolutely. Just ram in there and go out, go to town, right? You can hit the escape pods. Also useful. And they, and a pinch, work as a ballistic weapon. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you can break it down with sabotage. Indeed. They can perform combat in a ship. So what do we mean by that? How do we, uh, how do we do combat stuff in a ship? This involves things like healing and medicine or moving around the ship. All sorts of the things that you'd see in normal character combat just in the ship. And this, we talk about this a lot. Ships, especially big ships, are basically locations. Yeah. And so standard issue combat happens in a ship. You can heal somebody, you can fight, shoot guns, do whatever you want to do, slay somebody with a monofilament whip, whatever happens, right? Absolutely. You're just in a location at that point, and so it just becomes regular combat. And if you're interested, we did an entire episode on combat called Combat, Injury, and Death. Go check it out. It is a location that one shaped charge can possibly end the problem. Well, there is that, that it's not exactly a um, stable location. Yeah. Yeah. That's although, yeah, if you're on the Death Star, though, I mean, you know, a couple of explosions isn't going to mess anything up. Although a well-timed volley down a port shaft will definitely do it. Absolutely. Now we're going to mix it up a bit. And what do we have tonight? We've got the question of the week, man. Okay. Talk to me. What's the question of the week? Is it Starship Combat related? It is, in fact. Okay. Sort of. It's star- Starship flavor related. All right. You mentioned the Death Star. Star Wars has X-Wings, B-Wings, and a couple of other letter ships what is your letter ship and how does the shape inform the use of the ship i'm gonna say it is a g-wing all right and the head of the ship is the little part of the g okay sure and the rest of it is just basically a circle and i'm gonna say it's bristling with weaponry it, it that's that's it it just it doesn't unfold or do anything else it just shoots you it's a gunning ship g right. for gun sure mine's going to be a q a q wing mm-hmm. okay where, where what's the q the little it's a capital q sure right and that is just one enormous turret on top oh that's it it's just a turret it is literally a turret ship Just bristling with weapons. So we're in similar veins here. Like a tank, if you will. Yeah, yeah. I was seeing mine where uh, all the way around the G, it's just guns. Sure. And some rockets at the back. It's fun. And mine has engines, 
all the way around it, so it can face it can maneuver any direction. Is yours flat? Like I see mine is mm-hmm. flat, like the uh, the like the Falcon. So yes. you just, it can go through the thin Absolutely. rocks and stuff, and the Tie Fighters all get smashed. Yep. Yeah, that's fun. What is your letter that, of choice that you would have as a starship vessel for Star Wars? Yeah. Let us know. I'm really curious about this one, just to see where people's minds are. Is it are a T wing? Is it an I wing? What kind of wing is it? There's all kinds of letters. Is it maybe a number? A two wing. Think about that. That'd be yeah. kind of cool. A three. A three. Yeah, three wings. Well, that's very similar to a B wing. That's true. Hmm. Think about that. Yeah. yeah. Let us know at Goblin's Corner on Twitter. Okay, let's get back to the matter at hand, which Indeed. happens to be what? <laughs> Starship combat. Yeah. Now, we've mentioned a couple different ways you can handle combat according to what you're doing. And that's just kind of a runner up to what we're talking about tonight, really, because what we really want you to know is that there are ways to add thematics, story, really interesting elements into starship combat. And that's really the important part. It doesn't matter the rules that you're using. It really doesn't. The whole object of this is to tell a story, and the rules are there to facilitate the story. Right. If I am all taking actions at the same time as a player group, because we're all on the same ship, and that's how the game is running, and the ships are all going at the same time, it really makes no difference between that and if we're doing it one at a time when we're playing the Starship Combat. The biggest difference is how the storyteller tells the tale. Sure. And so that's why, from like a storytelling DM perspective, you got to know this stuff. So first off, all of these ideas involve descriptions, descriptions, descriptions. The cause effect light show all of that is what makes starship combat starship combat if you do not describe the scene and this is for any combat really but if you do not describe the scene it is going to suck sure so don't suck just describe (laughs) the scene right absolutely so regardless of how you do actions in the combat one good trick is to sum up the round so that players can see how it all fits together particularly if everyone's going at the same time Mm -hmm. because everyone's going to say, this is what I want to do. But at the end of it, if you've got like five, six players, you may not remember what your friend does. And so as a DM or storyteller or whatnot, sum it up. Okay. Everybody does this. These ships are firing at the same time. Here's what happens. And that's all you got to do. Give it that element of intensity because it's, it's combat, right? Your ships are blowing up in space. Somehow explosions can happen. Explosions. Yeah, well, in Star Wars combat, it's explosions. Yeah. We make that stuff happen. That's, I, I believe it's because they're all fighting in the Phlegiston. Think about that. You have to focus on the big picture and explain and understand what's going on. Yeah. Who's doing what? Where are the ships going? What's the gravity like? Like, what's happening, right? And again, we talked about this earlier. In many ways, particularly on large ships, Ship combat is a location-based event. Right. Because it doesn't matter if I am running from one place to the next if an asteroid's going to smash into the entire ship. Yeah. It doesn't work, right? Things happen to a ship and thereby indirectly influence what happens to the crew. That's why it's important to focus on personal thoughts and feelings of the players over the ship. Yes, How does this relate to your character? How does this relate to the party as a whole? It's very important. If you have a character that is terrified 
of the void of space versus a character that is extremely solution driven, mm-hmm. a hole getting punched in the hole of the ship are going to have two very different effects on their mentalities. Yeah. And so it's a good idea as a storyteller to ask the players, how do they think? What are they seeing, feeling, and doing as the combat occurs? This gives you the opportunity, A, to role play, B, to add some tension, and C, for the characters or the players, it's an opportunity to get into the actual character that they're playing. Right. One of the things to do is use common acting and theater techniques. What do we mean by that? You can do dress up, right? If you're playing Star Trek, everybody grab one of the cheap knockoff uniforms or the expensive ones if you've got money like that. Yeah. And everybody, you know, the captain can have his and the ensign, everybody each gets their own shirt according to their character. Sure. I would be surprised playing Star Wars role-playing game if I couldn't find something in this room to wear, like directly behind you, for example. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. Yeah. For those of you not watching us, that happens to be a Darth Vader helmet. You can also play inspiring music. I also like the ideas in the theme of music of having a soundboard. A soundboard would be great. Because there are things that we all think of when we think of these settings. Just hit the door opening sound for Star Trek or Star Wars. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, You can also encourage the players to act out any of the tension going on in the scene. And that's something that we'll talk a bit more about when we talk about environment work in just a second. But that is something where if they've been playing around for a while, this is a good opportunity to get into their character Mm -hmm. by, oh my God, you can hear the metal buckling from the vacuum right How, what do your players do and then you get them in play some music or something like that some high tension music that's going on It'd be great yep let's talk a bit about environment work specifically okay ship combat is literally all about the environment right you each ship is its own environmental bubble and its own style also absolutely So you need to personalize it for your players a little bit. Yeah. Are you in a cramped cabin listening to the sounds of railguns busting through membranes, right? Busting through all the metal? Are you on the bridge watching the explosions or barking orders? Maybe you're in engineering and the dilithium crystals burst and all the toxic gas washing over you. Are you outside in a hard vacuum? Oh, man, you could be. Yeah, maybe you're fixing the ship on the outside when combat erupts. You're like, I got to get the fuck in the ship. How's that going to happen? <laughs> it would suck. If, like laser beams are like flying around you. You're like dodging in slow motion because you're moving so slow in, in the vacuum. If it's close combat, you just push off to the other ship and start sabotaging their ship from the outside. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool, man. Each part of the ship itself can be a vastly different scene or take different damage. Absolutely. So, for example, let's say, um, you know, in general, damaging games is pretty short on narrative anyway. And so I would say from a storyteller aspect, take the liberty to ham it up a bit. Oh, yeah. If you get a hole punched in the side of the ship, things need to go sailing out into space. And it doesn't even have to be people. If you watch the neighbor of you, if you watch all of their worldly goods 
go sailing out into space because the room next to yours all of your snacks just go into the void yeah that sucks right how would how would that make your character feel showcase speed and distance what do we mean by that you are moving at you know just absolutely insane speeds but space is fucking huge it is ginormous as douglas adams said space is big really big you could be dogfighting next to the ship or you could and when we say next to the ship that could be a couple miles away next to the ship or literally next to the ship right but you could also be firing lasers three planets away yeah that's a literal thing that could happen We're talking about fighting at relativistic you know terms here right how do you convey that vast amount of distance there's a couple of options the first i would say Use some maps. Sure. Use some maps because unless you are just fighting and it's a general thing and you're wanting to kind of get that tension where you can't see the ship, you don't know what's going on, then that's more of a horror aspect because everyone's in an enclosed environment, right? Right. But if you want to play the tactical part of the combat of the ships, get a map out because no one's going to be able to describe that. It is difficult for people to comprehend those kind of distances. And I would say go relative distance, and I don't mean by that in terms of like relativistic distance, but more of like, okay, this is kind of a general idea of how far away things are, because you don't have to get specific with that. Does it really work in a game? Sure, because you don't care that you're, you know, it's literally across town in terms of like the size. You don't need like an accurate map for that. You just need something close. If something is a mile and a half away, going all the way down to the inches is pointless. Yeah. Right. So the only time it would come into play is if you're dogfighting and you're right next to the other ship. Sure. And at that point, you could just use a standard tactical map. Right. How would you describe the fact that you're moving at super fast speeds, sub-light speeds maybe even in some games, or light speeds in others, right? I think the way you do that is you are going to have to provide some kind of landmark. An asteroid field that is 1,500 miles wide seems enormous. That's how long it lasts if you're moving at super those fast. speeds. Yeah, yeah. How does gravity come into play in starship combat? How about inertia? And that's a great, gravity's a great question because I think most of us are used to, you know, movies where Things get filmed in a situation that has gravity. And we just naturally assume that all of these spaceships should have gravity. Depends on the game. But that's not always, that's not at all realistic, in fact. What happens if you don't have those G-force compensators, right? Right. What if what if, uh, go back to Star Trek, right? What happens if the gravity gets knocked out? You suddenly get a turn in your ship, you get smushed against the wall, and now you're paced. Yep. Because you know, 15, 20 Gs will just crush you could happen uh speaking of just moving super fast and getting hit by stuff think about this a speck of dust moving at relativistic speeds strikes with the force of an atom bomb like a little piece of dust what's gonna happen if a bigger thing hits you you don't have those shields man anything could happen yeah shields are the narrative methodology for denying how dangerous space is well and again this comes down to how you know, uh, dangerous you make your spaceship combat. It depends on the game. Sure. Let's talk a little bit about chase scenes because 
This is another fun way to do combat really well with Starship Combat. Sure. Play up on the excitement of the hunt or the fear of being caught. Does the ship have tractor beams? That's important to know. Yeah. Yours or theirs. Right. (laughs) And what happens when you're in a certain range? Because there's going to be times where, say, even if it doesn't have tractor beams, within certain ranges, now you've got ballistic options. Now you've, right? There's tossing junk. Absolutely. Could be anything, really. Because if I just use a medieval catapult, but I hit your very delicate instrumentation mm-hmm. with a kitchen chair, that's still a problem. Yeah. A <laughs> kitchen chair is moving at sublight speed. It's going <laughs> to smash through with the force of several atom bombs. How fun is that? That's, that's actually kind of cool if you think about it. Can you even outrun them or outmaneuver the ships? That's another thing with chase scenes. Play up on that tension, right? Maybe you got to fly into the asteroid field or you got to do some fancy maneuvering so they don't shoot you down or a- apply grappling guns or whatnot. Sure. What about boarding parties? Oh, yeah. You hear the thunk, thunk, thunk on the, on the hull as they're drilling into your, uh, into your ship. Yep. About to be in a standard issue combat then. What happens if you get caught? It's going to depend on your scenario that you've got running. Might get blowed up. Yep. We've mentioned this a bit because of relativistic chairs and such, but let's talk about obstacles, Matt. The fear of striking something or how hard it could be to turn a ship that's moving at those speeds is something that you have to decide narratively how much you want to apply those thematics. Yeah, and that's a good source of tension as well. So are you flying into an asteroid field, right? Approximately 3,720 to 1, right? (laughs) That's ridiculous, yes, but what a lot of fun that is to throw some of these weird odds into something, right? You're actually going to go into that stellar void, or uh, you're going to hit the gravity well of that black hole. Are you sure you want to do that? Do you know the odds of surviving that? Never tell me the odds. Right. Takes a swig of his beer and drives Promptly in. Promptly does. Promptly does, yeah. <laughs> Watch that. Hold my beer. That's a, a common death actually, cry. He, actually, death by black hole is apparently very slow because you reach a certain point where time basically stops. So, so we think. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> that would suck. What about like micrometeors, ship debris, comets, dust clouds, all the stuff that's in space? Space is empty for the most part, but there's still a lot of stuff. Right. And the more populous an area that you're traveling through, theoretically, the more dangerous that would get. Get near too close to a planet and there's a whole ton of, say, satellites just floating around and you enter in maybe the ionosphere and you're just getting barraged by junk. Well, all of the debris that happens as species learn to fly the stars. And what we're saying is also, how does the ship take all this moving around? Like, what is it? Is it going to explode? Does it rattle a bit? Maybe you cut a really fierce turn into the atmosphere or something like that, and it just starts falling apart, right? (laughs) Did the crew need to strap in? That's another thing to think about. Fasten your seatbelts. Do you need... This is Matt actually actually asking Eric this question because I don't know. Do you need G compensators if you're in a place that 
isn't near a planet or something, right? Like I understand that taking off from a planet puts a lot of stress on your body. Is that true in the middle of space? Yes. Okay. If you turn, if you're oh, going okay. the same, if you're going the same speed, then it's going to exert the same amount of force on one direction. But if you suddenly whip around, then it's going to, it would be just like riding a roller coaster. it becomes centripetal force. If I hit, if I go promptly in reverse, down is now that way. And so you could be potentially flattened or gotcha. worse. But again, this is a role-playing game. Sure. So anything could happen. We talked about this a bit also, entering a planet's atmosphere. Now that's a specific type of stress there. Yes. Everything can go wrong. Literally everything. It's the fear it's of crashing is what that is. Well, or the fear of burning up before you get the opportunity to crash. That's true. Yeah. It should be terrifying. Entering atmospheres should be terrifying. There's all kinds of stuff that could go wrong. And you've mentioned mechanical failures. Right. But also, what else? You've got magnetic storms. You've got freaking moons. Hit a moon, yeah. It doesn't have to be like a giant moon. It could be like an asteroid like Phobos and Deimos on Mars. Right. Dust and debris. Satellites. You could hit another ship. That would suck. You're fighting. You're doing some dogfighting in Star Wars, and all of a sudden, like this Trade Federation ship just kind of smashes into you. They're on launch, right? They're literally launching out of the atmosphere, and so they don't. It's got a dumbass droid that's just driving it. It's carrying some, you know, explosive cargo or something like that. A freighter droid with a trucker hat. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's, he's got a trucker hat. Roger, Roger. Exactly. He just runs right into you. It'd be great. <laughs> How does all of this jostling around affect the ship in terms of entering the atmosphere? Does it heat up? Does gravity suddenly reassert itself? Probably. Sure. But maybe not. Maybe you've got those G-force compensators, right? right. Can your ship even fly in the atmosphere what if it's a extremely heavy gravity planet or what if it's different types of atmospheres like water versus helium yeah if you're in a dense atmosphere then it's going to create more heat and thus more friction if you're going to be in a heavy gravity planet you might not be able to get out of the gravity well and now you're going to crash landing's not a problem no, it's, it's a sudden stop at the end that's the problem. Or, you know, what if you hit an atmosphere that's like Venus? Or the sun. And that's another option to consider as well. What if it's some kind of other phenomena? What if you crash into, we mentioned the black hole, but what if you crash into like a neutron star? Well, you're probably dead. If you're, you're entering a gas giant that is on the verge of ignition... And your ship is the last thing that sets it off. That would Just, be funny. Or what if you're hitting into like the rings of Saturn or something like that? A lot of debris to get hit by. Absolutely. Finally, just straight up attacks and damage could also ruin your ship. When we talk about attacks and damage, stress the importance of the ship as the source of life for the crew. Literally. You're in an enclosed environment surrounded by hard vacuum. You are the gerbil and a gerbil ball surrounded by wild dogs yes so what happens when there's a hole punched through your little ball <laughs> only bad things. only bad things you're in a hard vacuum so i you know what i i've seen all of the movie options about what happens you get when you through. get sucked out yeah 
but I have no actual idea of what happens to your body when you hit a hard vacuum. I can assume only terrible things. I know that. You die. Yeah. And we can Google it later. We'll talk about specifics off the show. Yeah. I just, I don't think I've ever thought to look it up. You should. Might be something to think about. And talking about all the other storytellers, you should as well. Yeah. There's a lot of fun narrative stuff as your tissues swell and such. That could also be a methodology you can use as a storyteller for a countdown. Right. Oh, round one. The, this occurs. Yeah, you stop. You can't breathe anymore. Round two, your tissues start to swell. As yep. Yeah, that would be kind of neat. How long does it take to fix something after your ship has been exploded? Yeah. That's a great thing that you have to think about. And can you survive long enough to fix the problem? Yeah, you better make some rolls because otherwise it's going to be a quick game. <laughs> that combat's done. True story. Well, a hole punch through the ship. He didn't make it, and nobody else did either. What happens? And then finally, space isn't full of parts, or parts stores for that matter. Yeah, there's no O'Reilly over by Venus. No. <laughs> so what happens if you don't have the parts or the person to fix the stuff on the ship? That's a fun tension to throw in. The chief engineer is dead. You guys don't have any engineering skills, so figure it out. Make, a, make some hard rolls. Man, you best go to YouTube. Get some duct tape. That's what you need. That's all you need is duct tape. YouTube. How to fix cracked dilithium crystal. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a video, guys. We're going to be fine. It'd be great. <laughs> so there you have it. Some narrative elements, some thematics, and of course, just kind of a rundown of the different types of combat that you can have in a starship combat for a sci-fi game, right? Indeed. This is something I think that is a lot of fun. Play with this. Like, do combat right, and your players will thank you. Yeah. Definitely drag on the tensions, discuss with the players what they're seeing, what they're feeling. Don't just make it random tank A is shooting at random tank B. That's right. Any questions or comments, hit us up at Goblins Corner on Twitter. Do you like our show? Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite player, YouTube and Twitch. Indeed, if you could do us a favor for the podcast and click the five stars and give us a review on iTunes or Podchaser on YouTube, hit the like button, subscribe, hit the notification so that you know when new content comes out, because, you know, we love for people to hear what we've got to say. We do. But also, it boosts our show, gets us in front of more people, and it feeds the hungry algorithm. Which is currently... Moving at relativistic speeds and has tossed a chair in your immediate vicinity. Nice. Yeah, maybe it's a Chesterfield sofa. (laughs) That's all the time we have for tonight. Once again, my name is Eric. And I'm Matt. We'll see you next time. Good night, folks. The Goblin's Corner is written and produced by Eric Holden and Matt Staples. Show song by the mighty D20. This is a subterranean production. Basic.